The views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of this station. Content is for educational purposes only. Consult a financial advisor or conduct your own due diligence of investing. Calls are pre-screened and the show was pre-recorded earlier this week. Rick is with Edelman Financial Engines, a part of Financial Engines Advisors, LLC, and the investment advisor that furnishes this program. Barron's ranks financial advisory firms based on assets managed, team size, experience, and regulatory record. Firms self-nominate. Investment returns and experience are not considered. Advisors in the Hall of Fame have been in the top 100 for 10 plus years. Future performance is not guaranteed. This is the Rick Edelman Show. Barron's ranks Edelman Financial Engines the number one independent investment advisor in the country. And Rick is in the Barron's Financial Advisor Hall of Fame. Now, sitting in for Rick, here's Isabel Barrow. Welcome to the Rick Edelman Show. Rick is off this weekend. I am Isabel Barrow. I'm one of the financial planners here at Edelman Financial Engines. And Rick has asked me to be with you today for a special edition of the Rick Edelman Show focused on women and money. March is officially designated as Women's History Month. And as Rick says often, financial planning is really a women's issue. So I'm here today to talk about women and financial planning. Increased longevity, higher lifetime expenses, lower earnings levels mean that women can often have more challenges when dealing with financial planning than men do. But don't turn the dial if you're not a woman, because while we're talking about women and money, remember that this is actually a family affair. Because if you have a wife, if you have a mother, a daughter, a sister, you need to listen to what I'm going to share on today's show and share it back with them. Maybe you're a small business owner or business owner and you have female employees. You also need to know what challenges women are facing and will face, because if we don't address them, it's going to have or will have a negative effect on all of us. And it means you could be paying for caring for an elderly, impoverished family member. It means you may be helping a daughter or granddaughter after a divorce financially. I mean, I could go on and on from here. And if you're not a woman, but you have a woman in your life who's not listening today or can't listen now, you need to go to and have them go to our website at rickedelman.com and watch our new webinar that Rick has created about this very topic. This past week, Rick co-hosted a webinar with Gene Chatsky called The Truth About Women and Money. You may remember Jean Chatsky from her time as a contributor on the Today Show. She brought real-life financial advice to Americans, and I've been a longtime fan of hers, and coincidentally, her mother was also my elementary school librarian. Um, Jean has the ability to simplify complex financial terms, complex investment strategies in a simple, accessible way. Jean is a lifetime journalist, an award-winning magazine columnist, reporting on the financial services industry and just money in general. She's a best-selling author of 11 books, including a recent book called Women with Money. And she's also the host of a podcast called Her Money. Jean and Rick are good friends, and Rick asked her to co-host this webinar to help shed some light on the issues and challenges facing women and money, and to discuss why financial planning is a women's issue. And now it is also a men's issue. It is a family issue. But in many ways, it can be even more important and helpful for women. And that they focus in this webinar on the unique challenges that women face around money, you know, from an emotional standpoint to a practical standpoint, and why this matters to everyone, male or female. 
you know, for example, if we don't understand where our spouse is coming from with their concerns or fears around money, we can't address them and move forward in a constructive way as a couple. And in the webinar, Rick and Jean have advice for all of us around planning for your long-term financial success when you have a spouse, when you're married. You know, do you share the same goals? Do you discuss those goals regularly? And if not, find some time to sit down at the dining room table and write it all down together. Or better yet, do it as part of an overall comprehensive financial plan. But hopefully, if that financial planning involves an advisor, the first time you're talking about it is not when you're in that advisor's office. Ideally, you and your spouse are talking about your long-term goals on a regular basis with each other. In the webinar, Rick and Jean also discuss planning for a family. Do you know what it means for your careers or your expenses? Are your parents going to help with childcare? Are you going to have to move? Are you a grandparent? Are they expecting you to provide the, the daycare? Well, you probably should know about that. And hey, grandparents, good news, because in a classic study from Brigham Young, it turns out that children who spend more time with their grandparents are kinder and maybe even smarter. There's benefits for grandparents, too. 72% think that being a grandparent is the single most important and satisfying thing in their life. 63% say they can do a better job caring for their grandchildren than they did with their own children. I hear this all the time. You know, I uh, I live to be a grandparent. 68% think that being a grandparent brings them closer to their adult children, and 90% enjoy talking about their grandkids to just about everyone. Now, you know it's true. How many pictures of your grandkids do you have on your phone? (laughs) Rick and Jean Chatsky in this webinar also aim to help couples understand mistakes that you might be making uh, or mistakes that you want to avoid. Are you both communicating? Do you have transparency regarding your spending, your money? And if not, how do you fix that? Do you know what you earn, what your spouse earns? Do you know what you own together as a couple and what you owe? Rick and Jean point out the value of having autonomy and why both spouses having control over some of the decisions around money is just so important in a marriage. They also discuss widowhood and divorce. You know, what steps do you need to take to get help and make sure that you're making all the right decisions at what is a very, very highly emotional time in your life? They really get into the nitty gritty of this and specifics of how to split assets. Another really important topic in the webinar is also the emotional side of women and money and what women want in a relationship with a financial advisor. They want to be heard. They need to focus on their goals and solutions versus just being wowed by the knowledge and expertise of the advisor they're talking to. Ultimately, the advisor doesn't need to know everything about investing, but they do need to know everything about you. They need to listen and truly hear what you want from your money. And if you missed the webinar, you can access it at rickedelman.com. The webinar is not only covering issues that are incredibly important for women, but for any men who have women in their lives, you know, sisters, wives, mothers, nieces, daughters, friends, neighbors, Women's money issues are an issue for all of us because it becomes a family issue. The webinar is also timely as we close out Women's History Month. It's a month in which we honor women's contributions through America's history and the incredible gains women have made in our society. We want to celebrate these accomplishments. And on a financial planning show, we want to look at how we can help address some of these money issues that women are facing today 
and will continue to face going forward. And these issues that women face are really everyone's money issues. And I'm going to explain why throughout the show today. The webinar is also timely because women are facing unprecedented challenges because of the pandemic. Millions of women have left the workforce since the start of the pandemic. And studies have shown that the industries most negatively impacted by the pandemic are typically women-dominated industries. Statistically, women have lost jobs at a greater rate than men. And not all of this is because those jobs were eliminated. Some of the losses were because some women felt they had to leave the workforce to help care for a family member or a child. I mean, think about your own family. Are you or your siblings caring for or financially supporting an elderly parent or a child, you know, an adult child at home? And more often than not, the parent that needs care is the mother because 70% of people in nursing homes are women. And women not only live longer, but have higher health care costs than men. In the webinar, Rick cites a staggering statistic that on average, women spend $200,000 more on health care costs than men do, meaning they will need more money for longer. And this is why we are talking about this today. Or maybe you have a child or a grandchild who's home with a school-aged child or a disabled child or adult who is caring for them. Statistically, more often, it's a woman. And did they have to leave a job or a career to do it? And what does that mean for them? Or, or maybe you as the parent or grandparent. Maybe you're the grandparent who has had to step back from work to step in and help out your adult children with their child care. And the women who have voluntarily stepped away cite care for family members as the primary reason for leaving work, whether or not it is a school-aged child, not at home, or a parent living in a long-term care facility who needed to maybe move home out of the fear of greater illness risk at a long-term care facility. And and this pandemic and the fallout related to women and jobs comes at a time where women had made incredible gains in terms of income, employment, education, the list goes on. And the financial setbacks come at a time where women are also dealing with more money and thus maybe more money problems than before. And in the webinar, Jean and Rick discuss the incredible strides that women had made prior to the pandemic. 57% of recent graduates from college and graduate school are women, with a greater percentage of women than men now holding uh, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. And possibly because of this increase in higher education, there's also been a huge increase in women's earnings. Between 1970 and 2015, women's earnings grew by 75%. And in a study just prior to the pandemic, data showed that women held more than half of the nation's jobs. But notice I mentioned before the pandemic a lot because a lot has changed in the last year. You know, more on that later. But we're talking about women and money today because Rick and Jean Chatsky created an important webinar for you titled The Truth About Women and Money. It's available on rickedelman.com. And they're talking about it because of the changing and evolving role women are playing with money in this country. And there remain issues around knowledge and confidence in investing and money management that needs to be addressed. And we all need to do our part to hold the hand if there is a woman in our lives who may feel less confident or knowledgeable about money and make sure they have the tools and resources to make those best possible decisions around it. And women are having to make these decisions around money more than ever. We'll talk more about women and money when we return on The Rick Edelman Show. Triple eight plan Rick or at rickedelman.com.
named by Talkers Magazine as one of the 100 most important radio talk show hosts in the country. This is The Rick Adelman Show. tuning into the Rick Edelman show. I'm Isabel Barrow here in for Rick today. And we're talking about women and money. Rick Edelman and Jean Chatsky have recently produced a webinar entitled The Truth About Women and Money. And that's available on rickedelman.com. If you haven't had a chance to see it, highly recommend it. But we're talking about women and decision making around money because women are having to make decisions about money more than ever before. And in fact, 40% of women are the primary earner in their U.S. household. And 40% of U.S. businesses are women-owned. Women drive 70 to 80% of all purchasing decisions. And not only are women working and earning more than ever prior to the pandemic, but they also had more of the wealth in the U.S. An estimated $22 trillion, or 51%, of the personal wealth in America is controlled by women. And that number is nothing compared to what it's projected to be in the future because when we say financial planning is primarily a women's issue, it's because of these statistics. Women are becoming more and more responsible for the money decisions that are being made. And that $22 trillion that's currently controlled by women... Yeah, well, it's expected to grow by 30% to $29 trillion over the next 40 years as wealth is handed down and over, meaning through an inheritance from a parent or a spouse. And it's all because of women's longevity. We just Women just plain live longer than men on average. And that means they have the responsibility for the money decisions, perhaps at a time in their lives when they may be least able to handle it on their own. Today, about 96% of women have a primary or shared responsibility for the family financial decisions. So women are involved in the day-to-day, but studies have shown that women are less involved in the investment decisions. And a recent study of millennial women showed that 57% of millennial women defer all of the financial decisions to a spouse, which is a much higher percentage than their own mothers. And interestingly, Women who save and invest might get higher returns than men. And in 2017 Fidelity study and a Warwick Business School survey that was in 2016, women performed better than men in both studies. And in one case, it was as much as 1.2% better per year on average. And this is primarily due to a lower instance of trading, less turnover, taxes, expenses or commissions, Less speculation and more of the buy and hold. But it's not all good news for women as it relates to money, because despite these gains, women are still under earning men. And one in two women in this country feels financially insecure. According to Social Security, women aged 15 through 64 who worked full time for 50 weeks or more, the median earnings are forty five thousand dollars. Well, this compared to men in the same category at fifty four thousand dollars. That is a full nine thousand dollars more. And for college-educated women or those with a bachelor's degree, the net lifetime earnings estimates are $1.32 million. But for men, it's $2.19 million. So not only are women earning less, but they seem to be saving less as well, which makes sense if you think about it. You know, lower average income, same expenses, or maybe more in the case of, of a single mother, for example. But it means there's just less left over for savings. And 
In fact, only 68% of women are saving in a 401k or similar type retirement plan like a 403b or 457, whereas 81% of men are. So that's 68% of women, but 81% of men. If this is you or if you are the spouse or parent of a working woman who's not contributing as much as she can to her retirement at work, you need to change this. There is no reason women are saving less than men toward their goals. And you both need to focus on it because after all, it's all going to be coming from the same pot when you retire. And when women retire, they're retiring with only two thirds the amount that men are. And when they are saving, interestingly, they're putting most of it in cash. They're not investing it into a investment portfolio. Women are holding 71% of their money in cash and men are holding 60%. Either way, it's a lot, but women are holding a lot more. And as you know, especially if you're a regular listener on this show, saving and earning the money is not the only part to focus on. It's investing the money. It's investing the money in the right way. If you invest in nothing but cash, in real terms, you're losing money over the long term. Cash is just not keeping up with inflation. Part of the reason for this dramatic difference between men and women in saving and cash versus investment is that some women, and I'm, I'm generalizing here, and I want to clarify that, that there are a lot of women out there doing the exact opposite. But speaking here, generally here, studies have shown that women tend to be less risk tolerant with their investments. They're more fearful about losing the money they have and are thus less likely to invest it or invest as much of it as men are. Rick refers to this in the webinar with Gene Chatsky he did as the bag lady syndrome. And women are less likely to call themselves investors than men. And we've got some news for you. You are an investor. If you have a 401k, a 403b, an IRA, a CD, a mutual fund, I don't care what it is. That is an investment. And in the webinar with Rick, The Truth About Women and Money, Gene Chatsky explains that women often think of an investor as someone who's out there just trading stocks or sitting in front of a computer buying and selling or watching the market all the time. You know, and that's probably not really investing for most of the people that are doing it. That might just be purely speculation or trading. You are an investor, whether you know it or not. And a priority for the majority of women, 60% of them or so, is paying debt, like a credit card or paying off your mortgage, whereas only 50% of women cite saving for retirement as a priority. And as I mentioned a few minutes ago, women are graduating with a college degree more often than men now. Well, a negative side effect of this is student loan debt, because 64% of student loan debt is now held by women and compounding the problem with lower pay on average after they graduate, but women are also more likely to be out of the workforce for some part of their earning years. On average, women spend 44% of their adult life out of the workforce. In their 20s and 30s, it may be an average of eight years out of the workforce to care for kids. In your 40s or 50s, it might be to care for an elderly parent. And in your 60s, it might be to retire early to care for a spouse. So if you're asking why we are talking about this, why we're spending so much time focusing on women and money and throwing out all these statistics to you, well, it's because of this. Women are going to be the caretakers either now or later in life, and they are more often than their brothers are taking care of an elderly parent. We need them to be ready for this and to be ready for the financial impact of this, to be ready for the inheritance when they eventually outlive their parents or their siblings or their husband. 
And if you need to know more about what you can do, either because this is you or this is your wife or this is your sister or this is your daughter or your neighbor, then tune in to the new webinar that Rick created with Gene Chatsky that's available on rickedelman.com. It's free. It's about an hour or so. And it's got a ton of information about how you can fix this problem, about what we can all do collectively to be sure that we're prepared for retirement, that we're prepared for all of these different things that we are going to be facing throughout our lives and to prepare us for the eventuality that we may need that money a lot longer than we think because of longevity. So that is why we are focused today on talking about women and money. If you have questions, if you want to talk, give us a call at 888-PLAN-RICK. Or as always, you can go to rickedelman.com. You're listening to The Rick Edelman Show, and we're focused on women and money today because women are poised to control the majority of our nation's wealth. And many feel that they are just not ready for this responsibility because for women, financial independence is an absolute necessity because of longevity and wage and opportunity and inequality in work means women have to work harder, save more to oversee their finances. From a retirement to investing, financial management, there are some steps that women and really everyone can take to get control of this. We need to, number one, make retirement savings a top priority. If you have a company retirement plan, add as much as you can, but don't just save it, invest it. Make sure that you're not just choosing the fund that your neighbor told you was good, but get a well-thought-out strategy, which leads me to the next step, Hire an advisor or talk to an advisor because having a support team can be a great confidence booster. Get a financial plan together. And if you're not ready or you haven't done one yet, you don't know where to start, you can start by calling us at 888-PLAN-RICK or go to our website at rickedelman.com. Stay with us for more on The Rick Edelman Show. author of the number one bestseller, Rescue Your Money, coming up on The Rick Edelman Show. The Rick Edelman Show continues. Isabel Barrow in for Rick today. We have a special guest on the show, Amber Harms. She is the vice president of channel sales at ADP. Amber oversees ADP's relationships with advisor firms, third-party administrators, CPAs, and bank channels. And Amber's team works closely with financial advisors and RIAs like Edelman Financial Engines, uh, consultants, accountants, supporting their role for retirement plans clients. Amber has more than 14 years of experience with ADP, and you may know ADP or have gotten a paycheck with their name on it because Mm -hmm. ADP is one of the major providers of human resources, software, and services in the United States. ADP describes themselves as a comprehensive global provider of cloud-based human capital management solutions that unite HR, payroll, talent, time, tax, and benefits administration, and is a leader in business outsourcing services, analytics, and compliance expertise. And Amber, ADP has recently done some market research on the subject of women and money, which is the focus of our show today. So Amber, can you just tell us a little bit about what this research was, why you did it, and just give us some background here? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. So We did do some market research, and we actually went out, uh, we pulled 500 females ranging from 25 to 65 years of age, 
And really, we wanted to be able to look at how are women currently saving? What are the challenges? What are their concerns? How does that differ from their male counterparts? And really, what is their financial reality? Excellent. Why did you choose to conduct the research on this topic of women in investing? So I think we can all agree that saving for retirement in general is just really important. But women face some very unique challenges. We know that women often spend a lot of time out of the workforce or they work part-time as primary caregivers. They may enter the workforce later in life. But the life expectancy of women is longer than men. So life expectancy today of a woman turning 65 is going to be around 86.6 years. Nearly half of women surveyed were saving 6% or less for retirement while earning 81 cents for every dollar that men earn. Women are also three times more likely to have less than $50,000 saved for retirement compared to men. So taking into account the major life events like divorce or death of a spouse, and, and you can see why saving for retirement can be really challenging for women. Right. It's not just the lower earnings over the lifetime, but it's that they're going to live longer and therefore are going to need more for that Mm -hmm. retirement basket. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And how do you think or how can women overcome the obstacles and challenges that they're facing around saving for retirement? Sure. So the good news is women are already starting to overcome some of these, you know, obstacles. And we've seen over the last 30 years, the number of women in the workforce has more than doubled. And today, women make up actually half of the total workforce. So women can take an active role in saving for their retirement by using the resources that they have available in their current plans to research, learn more about retirement, and really overall financial health and wellness, right? Everything really is tied together. They can make saving for retirement at the end of the day a priority, which can be hard. If women save just $1 a day or seven days a week, in 30 years, that could be about $30,000 in savings. So it's just really important for women to start saving, you know, today or as soon as possible. Right. And to be able to have those resources available through an employer or through a financial advisor to be able to get the advice about their financial health and wellness. And, And you brought up something earlier financial wellness, which, of course, has been a hot topic recently. Can you talk to us about how ADP is focusing on women and helping them understand the importance of that financial wellness? Sure. I mean, this can be all-encompassing, right? So ADP has some on-demand, we have digital content and resources to help employees really navigate each stage of their retirement journey. So This could be enrollment videos. It could be information on investing basics. And then even some interactive calculators that can demonstrate how contributions affect their net pay or even if their current contribution even has them on the right track. Um, We also have a library of financial wellness content that's easily available for our participants through their mobile phone um, or the computer. Women can uh, research a host of topics In addition to retirement planning, so you can go through managing debt, saving for college, budgeting, health care costs, and and even estate planning, right, just to go through a couple. But we understand that women are often navigating, you know, several financial challenges simultaneously. And saving for retirement is not always at the top of their priority list. But if, you know, by learning more about how to manage their overall 
financial health, right, women might be able to find ways to start contributing more towards retirement sooner. Right. And it has to start with that education piece, that easily available nugget or tidbits of information. And a little can add up to a lot at the end. As we know, a a very small change in your savings, as you said before, just maybe a dollar a day or $7 a week, you know, that can add up to $30,000 over 30 years. So it's, it's just making a decision to do little things like that. Again, that one after another add up to a lot. So how does ADP help women and, and really just the broader employees in general save for retirement? Great question. So we have several retirement planning tools and resources available to our participants. So through our ADP mobile application, you know, it really puts planning for retirement literally in the palm of their hand. So with our app, employees can easily enroll in the plan, uh, make contribution changes, and even investment elections. And then, you know, throughout their journey, they can receive targeted messaging around their plan that they can easily act on. So it's very, you know, personalized. Uh, we also have personalized interactive calculators. So, so with my ADP retirement snapshot, we pull data from millions of users to provide peer benchmarking and really relevant insight. So participants can see, you know, what their peers are contributing to their retirement plan. And the calculator is not guaranteeing outcomes, but it does provide participants with estimates of potential retirement income needed based on variables that, you know, they can adjust within their calculator that fits their needs. Um, with our SafeSmart feature, our participants can elect to automatically increase their contribution rate on an annual basis. So just like you mentioned before, right, a little bit at a time. And it's all designed to simplify the retirement journey for for employees. Right. And I love that that feature um, (laughs) that they're going to get peer benchmarking through this. You know, I think (laughs) there's something to that, right? The emotional component of uh, I see what everyone else is doing and uh oh, I'm a little behind or, you know, get a little pat on the back because you're doing better than what, you know, the the peers are doing. Uh, I think that's some healthy competition and hopefully can (laughs) add to more people contributing, uh, you know, adding a little bit more than what they may have otherwise done. Uh, so Absolutely. I, Who thought retirement could be so fun, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. I like that. So, Amber, so thanks so much for giving us all of this great information. Do you have any final thoughts on women facing these retirement challenges that we know exist, that we have laid out um, you know, in this conversation today? We know that women are facing challenges. So what are just some final, any parting thoughts for us on that? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So I just think it's really important for women to understand, you know, how are they going to fund their retirement and to really consider all the sources of income. So this could be Social Security, it could be pensions, asset income and earnings in addition to their retirement savings. So really getting that holistic picture. And it's really essential that they identify any financial challenges that they might face which can be hard to do, right? But then they create that plan that helps them overcome those challenges. So just really a few things to consider. I would say first, right, increase contribution percentages to really maximize the retirement outcomes. Find ways to just make those small changes in spending habits and saving habits that are really going to help them improve that savings over time. Take advantage of financial tools and resources that are available within their retirement plans today through their employers. And as we've mentioned now, but I I can't really emphasize this enough, right? Start saving as early as possible. So 
women have this incredible power to take control of their financial future. And we just really want to make sure that, you know, focus on a few key pieces, elements, and they'll be on that road to better retirement outcomes in no time. I completely agree. And I think that for many, it's just so much easier when it's through payroll deductions. You know, if you don't see it, if it doesn't land in your bank account, it's a lot easier to figure out how to save it because you don't have it in your hands to spend. And, you know, never yours. Right. I have always maintained that, you know, it it, it hurts a lot less than you will think, especially because a lot of times, you know, in the case of a 401k, it's coming out pre-tax. You know, if you're saving three dollars into the plan, it's not three dollars less in your paycheck. It's something less than that because it's pre-tax for the most part, you know, as long as we're not talking about a Roth 401k. But. You know, in general, again, if you're doing it through these payroll deductions, um, it's it's a heck of a lot easier to do. And if you start it right out of the gates, you know, in your first job, you know, and you're making $30,000 or whatever it is, but you're putting 10% away into your 401k, you'll never miss it. So, Amber, thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate your time and all of your insight and uh, hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you so much for having me. Stay with us for more on The Rick Edelman Show. Triple eight, plan Rick or at rickedelman.com. Money doesn't come with instructions. More of your questions coming up on The Rick Edelman Show. Welcome back to the Rick Edelman Show. I'm Isabel Barrow. I'm in for Rick Edelman today. And I'm here to talk about women and money. Rick and Jean Chatsky have recently put out a webinar available on rickedelman.com that is focused on women and money. And the reason why we're talking about this is that women are living longer. They are needing more money to accomplish their goals. They are needing more money for this longevity. And on average, women are spending 44% of their adult life outside of the workforce. So they have less time to earn and more time to need to spend it. And when a woman stays out of the workforce for any reason, a woman is then going to receive smaller social security benefit as a result of that lower income and less years of earning than their male family members. And an average woman, 65 or older on Social Security, receives about $13,500 versus men at about $17,400. It's just a factor of the years worked and the salary paid. For many women, the benefit they'll receive as a spouse is even better than the benefit they would receive on their own work history. A knowledgeable financial planner can help you understand the ins and outs of this and when to take it. In the recent webinar, Rick and Jean Chatsky talk about the how and the when and the why on Social Security. They have advice on when do you take it and what tools do you have to determine the best strategy to take it. And ultimately, how you decide to do this is an incredibly complex and ultimately is based on you and your spouse's earnings, your longevity, your current health, other resources, and just so much more. And that decision extends not only to Social Security, but to pensions, the decision around when to take it. And do you have a survivor's benefit? Would life insurance be a better option? And for companies that still have a pension, yeah, 
that is pretty rare now. Um, but for those who are receiving pensions, the benefits are generally lower for women um, who have worked fewer years, had lower earnings, and, and maybe were more part-time. And why this is a problem for women, even married women who are in a two-income household, is that women need to plan for what if that higher income doesn't continue. That is because of the increased likelihood of women being widowed. The median age for a woman who becomes a widow is 59. This number really surprised me. But the reality is, is that women tend to be younger than their husbands when they get married by an average of two years. And then they live on average five years longer, meaning they have then seven years more time to live off of their money alone than men do on average. And this is at the crux of why we believe that women need to be laser focused on these areas of personal finance. More time to live, meaning more time and more money that's needed to support yourself in retirement and often on your own. Or maybe this is your mother or your wife or your sister, and you need to know what they will face and what they'll need if you're no longer around to help with it, assuming you've been the decision maker or that you are the investor in the family. And longevity is at the heart of it. A longer lifespan means you need more money to live out those years. But living longer doesn't always mean it's a great quality of life, because if you're elderly and widowed or living alone, you may have a lot of additional costs related to home health care, home maintenance, you know, just general care of yourself and your home. I cited a statistic earlier that 70% of people in a nursing home are women. There are more women than men there just because of longevity. And the average stay in a long-term care facility for a woman is about two and a half years, whereas for men, it's only one and a half. So these additional issues, lower income in general throughout life, higher expenses for longer. Well, there's also a gap in knowledge and confidence around money and investing for women. And this is not the typical day-to-day money issues like budgeting or spending or paying bills. It's around investments because only about half of women say they're confident managing their money. And this is something that Rick and Jean Chatsky get into a quite a bit of depth on in the webinar, The Truth About Women and Money. The question of why women feel differently about their money than men do and what drives this? How do we change our thinking? Well, it turns out that our attitude toward money and investing is usually taught to us at a young age or just inferred at a young age, like it or not. You know, what our parents say to us means less than what they do or how they behaved with money. Did you grow up in a household where, you know, money was a a stressor? Did your parents have money? Did they spend money they didn't have and then thus struggle with debt? Jean Chatsky did um, market research when she was writing her book, Women with Money, and found anecdotal evidence that we tend to repeat the mistakes or practices that our, our parents did when it comes to money or maybe the opposite. We respond to or try to solve problems that our parents had with money, kind of like the child of a hoarder who's then compulsively neat as adults. You know, women generally don't like to talk about money. Almost half of women say they don't have a financial role model. And that lack of confidence around money doesn't mean that women are not aware of of how important it is. Because 40% of women say that their biggest financial regret is not investing more. But sometimes we don't want to go to an advisor to talk about it simply because most of us don't talk about money. It's just not something that was done in our household or we consider it a taboo. We don't talk about it with our parents or our kids or friends or neighbors. We don't feel comfortable talking to a professional financial planner about it either. It's just too personal. It's too uncomfortable. Maybe it's taboo. Maybe you were just raised not to talk about it. And the barrier to this is that the majority feel like they then don't have the knowledge 
And that's seconded by not having the confidence to do it on their own. And for those of you who are women listening or have women in your lives, you know, your mother, wife, coworker, daughter, this is exactly why financial planning exists. This is why we're spending so much time talking about this today. It's why Rick and Jean Chatsky produced the webinar, The Truth About Women and Money. Because we all, as couples and as families, need to start talking about money and bring the women in our lives into the fold. Talk to a qualified advisor early and often. Talk about your health care concerns. Talk about your income and your life insurance. Go over the what-if scenarios. Here at Edelman Financial Engines, looking at the longevity factors, the health care expenses as they relate to our spouses or who are planning together, it's just an integral part of the process. And the most important part of this process is laying out the plan. And to do this, often you need a professional or or an objective third party to help you with these decisions. Because some women may, you know, if they lack the knowledge or confidence about investing, they may be hesitant to meet with someone who they feel will either make them feel badly about this lack of knowledge or or judge them because they lack the knowledge or because of some perceived mistakes that, that you think you've made. I mean, but let's be real here. We don't learn this stuff in school. You can get out of graduate school with a degree as a rocket scientist, and you may have never had a single class or course on financial planning or investing. And this is something that needs to change, but maybe another show on that down the road. The process of sitting down to create a financial plan will give you confidence and knowledge and understanding of what you're investing and why you're investing in it. You know, stocks, bonds, ETFs, mutual funds. Do you understand how they work? Do you understand the costs, the differences, the risks, the potential returns? Knowing the answers to questions like this can reduce the stress or fear or the concerns over investing. And when you remove those barriers, you're more likely to invest the right way and take the appropriate risk with your investments. But in the meantime, you need to be aware or make the women in your life aware that meeting with a financial planner or a fiduciary, there's no expectation that you need to know what you're doing or planning or investing to walk in those doors. You know, in fact, if you know everything, then it might make us feel a little worthless. So maybe even if you do, pretend like you don't and let us feel special for the minute. (laughs) But during the webinar, Rick and Jean discuss what to focus on as it relates to your financial planning. Remember that it's a process, not a plan. It's a snapshot in time. We need to plan for the long term, which is ever evolving. Lay out the plan, come up with a strategy, because when you walk out the door, everything changes. And if you haven't made a plan, and if you're ready to do it, give us a call at 888-PLAN-RICK. I'm Isabel Barrow in for Rick today, and I have really loved being here today to bring you this important information. If you have questions, call us and schedule a meeting with a planner, 888-PLAN-RICK. 888-752-6742 or at rickedelman.com. Rick will be back next week. I hope you have a great week ahead. Providing personal finance advice for over 25 years. This is the Rick Edelman Show.